Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a special edition podcast for you guys. We are talking with second-year defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, Mike Love. He's been on the podcast several times before, uh, but we have not talked to him since he landed on IR. Uh, Mike was having a great preseason and offseason and was probably about to make the 53-man roster when he ended up getting injured on a play in the third preseason game. And, uh, you know, he's been rehabbing since then. We I wanted to give him a call, talk to him, get an update on how his rehab is going you know, what led to that? You know, what was the play that he got injured on? What's his mindset going into rehab? When will he be ready? And, you know, his thoughts on the Bills season thus far, so early as it is, and, you know, his thoughts on the Bills game this next week against the Giants. And then after that, I'm going to give some interesting pro football focused player grades for the Buffalo Bills and uh, give you a little insight on some things that I've noticed. Uh, so far, so but first, let's just get right into it. Here's the interview with Bills defensive end Mike Love. He is a second-year defensive end for the Buffalo Bills. He came here as an undrafted free agent rookie last season out of the University of South Florida and worked his way up from the practice squad to the active roster. He is currently on IR rehabbing at the Bills training facility after his recent surgery, and I'd like to welcome back Mike Love to the podcast. Mike, it's really great to talk to you again. How are you? Good, man. How you doing, Nate? Bill's Mafia, what's up, man? <laughs> it's good, man. It's really good to hear your voice. Um, before we get into anything uh, having to do with the season or anything, you just recently had surgery on your pectoral injury. How are you feeling, and how is rehab going? I'm um, feeling, you know, better than yesterday, man. You know, every day my rehab is getting better. Uh, right now, I'm currently, you know, I'm pain-free. Not a lot of pain. I had my surgery two Wednesdays ago. Uh, yeah, two Wednesdays ago, so it's just a blessing right now, man. I'm literally pain-free, just working every morning, uh, get my rehab done, and rehab is going really well so far. Now, how soon after the surgery have you been able to do, like, strength and training exercise? Uh, well, I got the surgery on Wednesday, recovered and rested about uh, two days, so Thursday and Friday rested. Saturday I went in, uh, had some ice on it, didn't really do any movements. And then that following week that came, that uh, Tuesday, I started doing more uh, 
exercises like, you know, just hand work, wrist work, working around the uh, arm. Since it's my pec, can't really lift my uh, arm up or anything. So mm-hmm. just start off with the little muscles at first. Gotcha. Did they give you a, you know, rehab timetable before you're back to being 100%? Yeah, well, right now I'm in the process of the healing process and uh, the rehab process. So I still have a splint on right now, and I should I should get this off within two weeks. And then after that, uh, I want to say two to three months is hard rehab where I can actually, you know, lift my arm again and actually put some weight, you know, put some weight in and do more curls and um, maybe some push-ups and stuff. So I want to say probably like it's a four to six-month uh, process. So you'll be ready in time for the 2020 season in the spring and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal right there is to get back uh, to the springtime. Okay, yeah. but with me, man, I work really hard. So, man, I'm trying to push that thing down a little bit. You know, <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, you know, be be back. You know, before the season, and who knows, man. But I'm working, and you know, I'm just you know following their plan right now. Okay. Great. Now, you know, the injury happened a little over a month ago now. I mean, why wait till till now to have the surgery? Yeah, well, yeah, I got it uh, about two, three weeks ago. Um, uh, at first, I didn't. we didn't know, you know, what was really up. I had got the MRI, and it showed that I had a partial tear in my pec. And um, so, yeah, the MRI was uh, showing the partial tear. And the decision was, you know, I could either get the surgery or, you know, wait out six weeks to see if I'll come back 100%. But, um, you know, I didn't want to really risk risk it with my body. So I just decided just to repair it so I could be 100% so I can contribute, you know, on the field for my teammates. You didn't want to risk the setback of rehabbing for six weeks, realizing you were going to have the surgery eventually, and then setting back your, your rehab even longer. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, with these things, you know, you got to get it repaired sometimes. So. Uh, my decision and uh, with my family and I prayed over it, uh, talked with my agent and, uh, you know, it was just better to get it so I could be prepared because, you know, I, lo- I love to contribute 100%, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you suffered the injury during the third preseason game against the Lions. Right. You were getting first team reps with Jerry Hughes not playing. I'm sure it was an exciting night for you. Um, take us through that night and when the surgery or when the injury actually occurred? Uh, yeah, man, look, we're looking forward to, you know, doing what we do best, go out there and play, uh, play Bills football, man. And, you know, uh, very excited. Third preseason game, you know, getting towards, getting ready towards the season, man, you know, just happy as ever, you know, uh, had a pretty solid game. And towards the end, I want to say the fourth quarter with six minutes left, uh, I was on a punt and uh, I went down to make a tackle and uh, I kind of got tripped up by another blocker from the opposite team. And when I reached out for the tackle, the the runner with the ball had kind of ran through my arm and I felt like a rip in my chest and uh, I ran off the sideline. So it was kind of hard to see because I know my family was back home. Like I didn't see you get hurt. I didn't see you get hurt, but you know, I ran off the field. So, you know, you couldn't have seen it, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, uh, a vivid, you know, injury, you know, I didn't like sit down or anything. I ran off. So yeah, man, it happened in the fourth quarter. Uh, once I felt that, you know, I kind of knew something was really wrong. Once I felt that rip, you know, it was so unfortunate, but, um, you know, it's all good, man. You know, can't control it. 
So, yeah. Yeah. Did you know as soon as, you know, you, you felt a tear, did you know it was going to be serious or it, at least it yeah. was serious enough as to land you on yeah. IR? Yeah, I knew it was serious once uh, I felt that rip, how my arm went back. And then when I got up to run, I felt my arm kind of hanging. It was kind of hard to lift up. So, yeah, I felt it instantly. Mm. I mean, you, you found out very soon after. Did you know you were going to land on IR immediately? Or were you, did you think that, hey, you know, maybe this is just going to be a few weeks? Yeah, well, once we got the MRI and I decided to get the surgery, um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but, uh, you know, talking with my agent, uh, you know, me getting the surgery, I kind of had a, a kind of like an idea that I'd be on IR, and which I was very fortunate enough and very grateful to have the Bills organization still see something in me and uh, still believe in me to put me on IR to, you know, get me ready and use their resources to rehab and whatnot. And, you know, I just think that's such a blessing, you know, you know, I get, you get hurt and someone still believes in they see something in you. So, uh, you know, being on IR is unfortunate, but, you know, the, there's nothing like, a, you know, the Bills culture. And I love it. And, you know, I'm just grinding my butt off so I can get back and help them out as much as I can. We talked about the training facility, you know, last time you and I talked. Is it, now that you're using the rehab portion of it, I mean, is it just as amazing from that side of it? Yeah, man, it's unbelievable. Like I said before, uh uh, on the interview, man, I'm literally pain free. Like, like the 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 uh, the exercises that I do, you know, the icing and the, you know, all the uh, little equipment that we have has really already helped me tremendously. Man. I already feel my bicep muscle again. It was so deflated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, already, I'm already feeling that back again, and I'm already feeling, you know, almost back to normal. You know. Okay, great. So the resources are amazing. Great. Well, you you know you had a very promising training camp and off season, and throughout our conversations together, you've always been like a super positive guy. Yes, sir. And you're not new to injuries. I mean, you faced injuries to both knees and and and, and a foot in college. I mm-hmm. mean, did you find it tough to be positive after this most recent setback, being so close to making the active roster outright? Yeah, Nate. Man, at first. I'm not going to lie, it bugged me a little bit, you know, that that night at, after the game when I felt, you know, when they were doing tests on my shoulder and trying to see what it was, when I felt that pain knowing that something was really serious, you know, I had my head down a little bit, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, just having my family, teammates, and coaches there really, really helped me, you know, and I prayed on it, and I figured that, you know, it's for a reason, and I know uh, God has a plan for me, so... You know, my chin's up high right now, and I'm just very thankful that, you know, I'm healing, you know, I'm pain-free, and, you know, that it's, it's just another another setback, you know, for another major comeback, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, every time I have an injury, I come back even better. So uh, I know it's for a reason, and I'm kind of kind of joyful and very excited for the future. Okay, great. Now, you've always you've talked about your faith in the past, and you've always said – your mom is your why when it comes to motivation and strength in your drive to playing at the highest level. How much has your mom and faith played into your rehab and your mindset? Oh, a, a tremendous amount. You know, my mom's always checking and seeing how it's going. You know, we talk every day. Um, she's always, you know, checking on me and, 
you know, telling me to, you know, stay positive. And, you know, she always say, you got this, you got this. You know, basically everything she says, it don't need to be explained. You know, I know she's, she she wants me to be better in that. And, and I, I know that, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but I'm still here and I still got the opportunity to work. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm just blessed for that part. And, you know, I, I pray a lot and I've been praying on it, you know, this injury. And, you know, I, before I made the decision to even get the surgery, that's one thing I did was pray a lot on it. And I'm kind of thankful that I did get the surgery because, you know, now I can get stronger and bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And really focus on other things and, and just different aspects of my life that I can focus on more, yeah. you know, and get get better at those things. So kind of it all, it all worked out for the better. Yeah. Great, great. So take us, you know, behind the curtain. You are an NFL player going through rehab. You know, what is your day like? Are you with the team? Are you rehabbing on your own? Yeah, um, I'm still I'm still at work, you know. I still get up, uh, still go to work. I get up at 6, 6.30, get in the facility, you know, still eat my breakfast at the same time. And uh, the only thing different is I do my rehab before meetings. So I get in, get, I get, in get a breakfast. I do my rehab for about an hour and 30 minutes. And then I uh, still go to meetings, still involved in the, you know, the game plan for who we got up, you know, still involved in everything. I just don't go to practice. I'll just do my rehab while they're practicing. But, you know, I'm still involved. I'm still preparing. Like, I'm off to play Sundays. And, um, you know, I'm just – I'm still at work. So nothing's really changed. But, you know, no football and travel for me. That's it. Are you still – watching film with the team like are you going over with the coaching staff you know things that they want to see differently from the players and the things that they really liked from the last game yeah yeah man i'm still in all the meetings uh uh from defense to the team meetings and you know i'm in all the meetings man and uh yeah we still still part of the process so you weren't able to travel with the team but you watched the game on sunday versus the jets on tv yes sir what are your thoughts on the team's performance uh, I think they played a really good game. You know, we didn't start off how we wanted to, but I think the game plan that we had going in, it stayed the same, and uh, no one flinched. And I think that, you know, they went out there and, and did everything that we were supposed to do. And definitely was proud, and, man, I was in there, you know, screaming, and, and just definitely just, man, proud, man. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's one thing about us is that, uh, you know, we're going to c- continue to work and continue to play no matter what the situation is. Now, you know, as a Bills fan for 30-plus years, I've seen recent, you know, teams and coaching staffs and, and and just kind of fall apart halfway through the game when things didn't go quite as expected, basically how it went this last Sunday's game. Are you surprised at all that this Bills team just pulled together and found a way to win after being down for most of the game? No, nah, because that's who we are in uh... – that's what we're building. That's our culture. We find way, we find a way to win, and no matter what happens in the game, we keep playing. You know, till four quarters up, and you know we're gonna find a way to win at the end of the day. That's that's who we are, man. That's who we are now, man. You know, that's the culture that's being built, and uh, you know we just play off caliber, man. You know, we find ways. We find a way. Mm-hmm. Great. So you saw the Bills' defensive line get after Sam Darnold all last week, right? You've practiced next to these guys all year round. Did you know that they had that kind of capability to create that much pressure during a real game when when the bullets are flying? Yeah, uh, that was a um, 
that was the game plan, man. We had to, you know, stop the run and affect the quarterback going in. So, you know, those are some of the things that I already knew that was going to happen. And that's one thing we we uh, we uh, pride on is, you know, stopping the run and affecting that court, affecting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, one Ed Oliver, defensive tackle Ed Oliver was one of the best defensive tackles in the league in Week One in his NFL debut. As a defensive end like yourself, how much does having a penetrative defensive tackle like Oliver next to you help you get pressure on the edge? Yeah, it just it opens up so much when you can have when you have someone like Ed who can penetrate and get off the ball as fast as he can, man. Because you know it can open up uh, a lot of things in the pass game, and it can help you, you know, break down an offensive strategy to uh, protect. You know, and and man, you know he he does a great job at it, and we're very thankful he's here. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I'll leave it at this. I know you can't give me the game plan for Sunday's game against the Giants, um, but do you have any predictions for that game and, and how the Bills are going to fare? Uh, the, the New York Giants. That's a great team. Uh, they have a a great running back, and uh, I think he's a really explosive running back and. They do a lot of good things with them, man, and um, I'm just excited to see, you know, uh, our team go out there and, and, and play how we play and, and, and do what we do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Mike, you know, it's been great talking to you about this, about your rehab. You know, we're going to talk to you again in the future, and, you know, I, w- I want to get updates as time goes on and your rehab and everything like that, your mindset, and, you know, j- people just want to hear from you. So uh, appreciate you coming on again. I feel like this is like the five, fifth or sixth time. I feel like this isn't even an interview anymore. It's more of like a phone conversation. Exactly. It's all good, man. I like it. <laughs> Great. So, um, again, want to thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, you know, giving us some insight. And, you know, we're all we're all rooting for you, um, keeping you in thank our you. thoughts and everything. Bill's Mafia, I know they are. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, all right? All right, man. Thank you. And Bill's Mafia, man. I'm going to be back soon, guys. Thank you. We are going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we'll talk some Bill's players' pro football focus grades. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. Those with ambitious, out-of-reach ideas begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts. Welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation with the promising young defensive end, Mike Love. Uh, We'll be checking in with him on a monthly basis or so just to see how he's doing in rehab and get his thoughts on the team going forward. He is not on Twitter, but please follow him on Instagram at MikeLove underscore 98. So I wanted to give some interesting player grades that I found from looking through the pro football focus player grades. They do a bunch of different 
grades, not only having to do with their overall grade, but for example, um, in wide receivers, they will give not only a receiving grade, but also a run blocking grade. They'll give the total snaps, how many of those snaps were receiving snaps, how many were run snaps, stuff like that. Um, it's really kind of cool. It's a detailed information. And, and I wanted to give some insight on some of the things that I've noticed from week one player grades at Pro Football Focus. And so some of these I've tweeted out before. So if you're not following us, please follow us at CTW Pod. That's like circling the wagons pod. And the first one I noticed that I had to bring up was Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Now, this hasn't this doesn't have to do with their overall grades um, because I mean I can bring those up. Basically, Devin Singletary had a 57.4, and uh, which was best for which was good for 27th in the league. And uh, Frank Gore was at a 52.8. So obviously, Devin Singletary had a better game, but the more important player grade, in my opinion, had to do with pass blocking. Now, one of the worries that you may have with any rookie running back is their ability to protect your quarterback. That's a lot of the reason why you'll see uh, another a rookie running back playing on the first two downs and then another more veteran running back coming in on third down to protect the quarterback. Well, if that was the case, and I and I think that the Bills brass, the Bills coaching staff, knew that Devin Singletary could hand, handle it, was the pass blocking grades for both Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Frank Gore graded out at a 78.3, and Devin Singletary graded out as a 78.4. So this is important just because not only are they so close, I mean, Devin Singletary is just very slightly better. So the worry about him not being able to play on third down, not being able to uh, pass protect Josh Allen, at least as far as week one went, we really don't have to worry about that. Another important pro football focus grade is has to do with Ed Oliver. Now, Ed Oliver had uh, an amazing week one by pro football focus standards. And obviously, if you if you saw some of the highlights and clips online, you saw that he d- he had a great, great week. It, not only a great week for a defensive tackle, a great week for his NFL debut Ed Oliver finished <laughs> with a grade of 80.3, which was the highest grade of any Bills player on offense and defense. And he was the fifth-ranked defensive tackle by Pro Football Focus grading. Oliver had five total quarterback pressures against the Jets, and of all the first-round rookies, only defensive end Nick Bosa had more than Ed Oliver. So that just goes to show you I mean, so far right now, he seems like the steal of the draft with how he's performing. I mean, you never know how these guys are truly going to translate to the NFL from the college game. Are they going to be able to dominate as much at one level as they are at the second level, at the NFL level? But right now, he seems like the real deal. Other really great grades on Bill's players. Cornerback Tredavis White was the 20th ranked cornerback. Um, the highest-rated cornerback, obviously, on the Bills team with a 69.6. Jordan Poyer was the 16th-ranked safety in the NFL. He had a grade of 70.0. Micah Hyde, 31st in the NFL with a 63.0 as far as safeties go. Tremaine Edmonds was the 11th-ranked linebacker in the NFL in Week 1 with a 78.2 grade. Of the offensive linemen going there, John Feliciano had the better great as a guard. He was ranked 35th for all offensive guards in the NFL with a 60.4 rating. Quinn Spain, not I guess by pro football focus standards, not having a great game. He was ranked 56th in the NFL at a 52.6. Not a great not a great day by Quinn Spain. 
by Pro Football Focus standards. Now here it gets interesting. Deion Dawkins had a decent day. He was ranked 28th overall as far as offensive tackles go with a grade of 63.6. Cody Ford and Ty Nasecki, now if you remember, they both played in the Bills-Jets game and both split reps. And here are some of the, the, the stats on the Cody Ford versus Ty Nasecki battle. So they both played almost the same, same amount of snaps. Cody Ford played 36, Ty Nasecki played 30, so almost identical there. Cody Ford was in for, he was in for a pretty decent balance between run and pass, 14 and 22, but Ty Nasecki was only in for five running plays and in for 25 passing plays. So it's clear that they favor Ty Nasecki for passing downs as opposed to running downs. Passing plays as opposed to running plays. As far as player grades overall, Cody Ford had slightly worse of a pro football focus grade at 56.2, Ty Nasecki at 59.5. But as far as pass blocking and run blocking grades, uh, Ty Nasecki edged out Cody Ford in both of those. So we'll see if this is a trend moving forward, if the Bills coaching staff is going to look at playing Ty Nasecki more as, as opposed to having more of a split during the second game against the Giants. Maybe they end up playing Ty Nasecki uh, giving him a majority of the snaps at right tackle. We'll see. Are they going to move Cody Ford to right guard? I mean, can they move him to left guard in replacement of Quentin Spain? Probably not. They never played him there the entire offseason or preseason, so I, I doubt that's going to happen. But interesting to see you know, how these grades line up. I mean, we can't really take a ton from these grades overall, uh, but you know, it's just interesting to know just where they compared to each other and within other players in the league. John Brown, I forgot to mention this stat, John Brown was the 14th ranked wide receiver in the entire NFL by pro football focus grades with a 78.3 total grade. Zay Jones uh, didn't even finish. Uh, He wasn't ranked, but he had a 66.8 grade. He, however, had the best run blocking grade of all wide receivers. So that should just go uh, to note. So that should just be noted. As far as, I'm sure you guys are all wondering about Josh Allen. Josh Allen ended with a 52.3 grade and was a 28th ranked quarterback. And we all knew it wasn't going to be a great ranking, especially after four turnovers. But I believe Pro Football Focus, based on my conversation with Cam Meller in the preseason, Cam mentioned that they take into account whose fault it is. So I don't believe Josh Allen had a negative grade for like the Cole Beasley interception or the Mitch Morris fumble. On the Giants' side of the ball... Eli Manning is his the eighteenth ranked quarterback. He had a sixty four point five grade. Wide receivers, they're all in the forties or worse as far as ranking overall. Saquon Barkley is a tenth tenth ranked running back with a sixty seven point two grade. Um, other really other good players on the team. Evan Ingram, the tight end for the New York Giants, he's the third ranked tight end after Week One with a 90.6 grade. No no Bills player even has a 90.6 grade. And you can believe that no no player on the Giants is even close to a 90, 90 grade either. John Halapio, the center for the New York Giants, has a sixth-ranked center after week one with a 69.2 grade. Their offensive line isn't terrible. Will Hernandez, the guard for the New York Giants, was a 15th-ranked guard. Um, with a 70.2 grade. Nate Solder, remember the Patriots offensive tackle. He's the fourth ranked tackle in the NFL after week one with a 76.9 grade. Cornerbacks, the, the best cornerback the 
Giants have right now is Janoris Jenkins, which is the 32nd ranked cornerback with a 65.8 rating. Their safeties are all below 27. 27th ranked safety Jabril Peppers with a 65.5 rating. And really no one great after that. So the Bills match up pretty well on paper as far as pro football focus grades. And if you want some more in-depth coverage on the preview between the Bills and the Giants, please check out the Nick and Nolan podcast, the Believe podcast, and Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. They really give a lot of cool information for some pregame and game day stats. So uh, for me, Nate, I'm going to give a quick plug for a Public site. We just did a 30% sale on all t-shirts. So there's $14 t-shirts for everything from our Josh Allen jumping over the haters t-shirt and our Sean McDermott trust the process t-shirt. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that famous Salt Bay meme where the guy's, he's this famous butcher, right? And he's sprinkling salt over his forearm or whatever in this weird way. <laughs> well, we just basically took that and put Sean McDermott in there and he's basically sprinkling some process. He's sprinkling some process um, over the Buffalo Bills. So you got that one. You have the OJ Simpson, um, get away in the Bronco t-shirt, just some cool things. Check it out. Check it out at tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. Uh, we're going to do our recap again this Sunday, as we always do after the Bills game. And it's kind of cool. We're doing one over at the DraftKings Sportsbook over at the Del Lago Casino. Um, Something cool we've never done. Sports gambling is finally legal in New York, but only in some select locations. So this is New York's number one sports book right now. And we are, all three of us are, are going to be there and we're going to record a podcast after we're going to talk and do some interviews with the DraftKings folk over there to get a feel for it. They're going to, I know they're going to ask me about, <laughs> they're going to ask all of us about the Bills Giants game right now. The Bills are favored by one and a half points, which to me, as it seems right now, seems like an easy bet for the Bills in that favor to cover uh, the one and a half point spread. So anyways, um, look for us there. If you guys just happen to be out in that area um, by Geneva, Waterloo area. So for me, Nate, go Bills. If you're at Delago Casino and the DraftKings Sportsbook, stop by and say hi. Thank you so much for listening. And you know, if you haven't already, Please uh, subscribe and leave us a review on on Apple Podcasts. Um, there's a ton of different Bills podcasts within this channel. If you if you've heard mine, you've probably already heard you know Rumblings Q and A with Matt Warren, uh, Breaking Buffalo Rumblings with Anthony Marino, Believe with John Boccasino, and uh, you know with the Nick and Nolan podcast, which is great. We have another really cool podcast coming up with uh I, I can't even give it away it's just going to be so good you you just have to wait to hear it and then obviously you know the the, the fellows over at blitz bills do a great job so if you could subscribe to us and also leave us a review we definitely appreciate it we love getting any listener feedback that we can um positive or negative mostly positive would be better but i mean if it's negative it just helps us become a better podcaster and better shows within this channel we try to give as much bills content as we can and uh yeah Yes, so for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again on Sunday after the Bills-Giants game. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons 
like the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, Buffalo, it's the Mafia, Nate Arbel, Don Brown on the podcast, who's stopping us? Circling the wagons with the Mafia, who's stopping us? No one. Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, of advancing education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Learn more at intel.com slash starts.